this. If I could write this down, I would do it. It would be opportunity is now here. And I'd put all those words together, all those letters together. And when you see it, the original response, the, the organic response from people is they say, opportunity is nowhere. Because it's spelled the same way. When it's put together, it says opportunity is nowhere instead of opportunity is now here. It's a matter of perspective. Today's episode is brought to you by Applaudable.net. G'day everyone, Craig from People With A Passion and today's guest is Brian Kane, who has created a program for coaches called Mental Performance Mastery. He also works with athletes and has programs for athletes and has a consultancy with a number of US colleges and athletes. He also has worked with Olympians, UFC champions and a number of Fortune 500 companies. He's a renowned keynote speaker and a best-selling author with a number of titles available on Amazon. Uh, I really got a lot out of this conversation, particularly given the current world environment with coronavirus and how we might be able to better deal with adversity in these tough times. So I'd love for you to sit down now and take time to listen or watch this episode of People With A Passion with Brian Kane. Thanks for joining us on People With A Passion, Brian. And I know things are pretty tough in the world at the moment and you're a mindset and mental performance coach and you basically help people overcome adversity in sport. But right now we're all suffering with a good degree of adversity. So you're probably more relevant than you've ever been before. Is that a good analogy? Uh, that's a pretty good analogy, Craig. I appreciate you having me on, man. The people with the passion, I'm excited to be here. And I think, you know, it, it is a unique time. And it was funny, right before we got on, I was, I was having a conversation with, with one of my MPM certified coaches. And he said, Hey, what do you think about this? And he sent me and he said, look, he's basically the gist of his message was we're either going to be a coronavirus victim or a coronavirus victor. And that choice is up to you. You know, and he said, your attitude is a decision and it's a mindset that you take. And we're not talking about, are you going to get sick or are you not? Like a lot of that is, is, I don't want to say out of your control because there's certain things you can do that, that give you a better chance to not, you not get the virus and the social distancing and all the things that people are doing. But, you know, right now there's a lot of people that don't have the virus that are in worse shape than people that maybe do have the virus because they're living in fear. They're living in panic. They're paralyzed by not knowing what to do. And they're sitting around and watching Netflix for 40 hours in their pajamas instead of making the most of the opportunity and the time that they do have to connect with the people that they love, to be around other and do things, you know, to be around and, and do things that are gonna help them to grow, to do the things that, you know, here in the States, a lot of people are out of work right now or they're working from home and they have more time. For me personally, I, I, I will probably not travel until August and I'm on the road 280 days a year. So from now, you know, March 23rd until like July 1st, heavy travel time for me, it's all been cut out. And you got to change. Remember, your attitude is a decision and how you look at it. Right. And you can look at it and you can play the what if game and, 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 and ruin yourself or you can focus on the what is game. And the what is game is what is it that I've always wanted to do, but I've not been able to do because I haven't had the time, whether mm. it's more quality time or I'm working out with my wife, writing the next book, creating the next program organizing the garage, which I did the other day, you know, all the things that you could do that you've wanted to do that you've put to the back burner because you haven't had time. Let's open up some of those things and start playing offense and being productive. Right now, what you're doing in this space is highly relevant. What advice do you have for people that are facing adversity right now in their own lives? 
based on the stuff that you would teach normally to athletes. And the biggest thing I'd want to share with, with people that are listening is that adversity is your advantage. And I think no matter how old you are, if I were to ask you, is there something in your life that at a time you thought was the worst thing that ever happened to you? They'd say, sure. And I said, well, how many of you have had that getting flipped around now that you've had some space and some perspective some from it, you can look back and say, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. And a lot of people would nod their head and say, yes. And for me, that was getting an arm injury as a college baseball pitcher that put me on this path of sports psychology and mental performance, which was the best thing that ever happened to me, worst thing that ever happened to me at the time. So acknowledging the mindset that adversity is your advantage, it can be difficult for people. Because they play the victim role instead of playing the victor role. And if you want to play the victor role, it's really actually quite simple. Here's how you do it. One, you focus on controlling what you can control. And the only thing that you can control now during the coronavirus or any time is your attitude, your effort, and your energy. And your attitude is a decision, probably the most important decision that you make every day. And with that attitude comes your focus. And you're either going to focus on what is or you're going to focus on what if. And... Unfortunately, we can play the what if game, Craig, as long as we want to into the future. And 99.9% of the what if scenarios that we run through our mind are never going to happen. So you can waste all that time or you can focus on what is and get productive with having yourself a daily plan and a daily routine, which one of my clients, a college softball pitcher sent me today, which I thought was awesome. She said, here's my quarantine daily routine. And she mapped out what she was going to do on a daily basis to make the best investment that she could into herself to work to become the best version of herself. So I think controlling what you can control, moving from victim to victor by being productive and having a daily plan and keeping focused on what is instead of what if. And then another one I'll share is, you know, what I call E plus R equals O, which is event plus response equals outcome. And you can't control ever, ever in life, the events that happen around you, the events that happen to you, whether it's coronavirus or a fire or a death or an accident, you can't control those things that go on, but you can control your response. And, you know, your response is going to take its natural human course, but your response is also going to impact other people. So be conscious of your response and make sure that you pick the appropriate response to the event because that response is going to impact the outcome. Event plus response equals outcome. And it's ultimately going to be that response that I think determines what the situation is for you in the long run. Mm. So this situation that the majority of the world's finding themselves in, you can take a negative approach or a positive approach to it. One of your pillars that you talk about uh, at the elite level of a high performance mindset is this concept of positivity being contagious. Why is it important to, to be in that frame of mind right now, given the current situation on the planet? Well, you know, your energy is always contagious, right? The question is only, is it worth catching or worth avoiding, right? So whether it's positive or negative, it's going to be contagious amongst those around you. It's infectious. And, you know, Craig, it's a lot like flipping a coin. Okay. If we go flip a coin by pulling up here, we've got heads, which would be this bear paw, and we've got tails, which is the black side of this coin. But I could, I could balance this coin on the rim, right? So there's heads, there's tails, and there's the side. And I think when we're talking about positive versus negative responses, there's also what we call the neutral response. And neutral is more of a, a what is response. Neutral is more of a, okay, what, what's the next best move response? And I think asking yourself that question, what's my next best move is very neutral, but it's also positive and productive if you take action on what it is you say is this is my next best move. So, you know, I think 
especially for the young people that are listening to your podcast, you know, is we may have the coronavirus. And my understanding of it is, is as young, young people, people who are in shape, you may have the virus and not even know you have it. And, you know, for a lot of my clients, which are in the high school, the college age, so let's say 16 to 24, right? They're sitting there going, well, I feel fine. Why can't I go out? Why do I have to be arrested in my own house? When they don't understand that you may have the, you may have the coronavirus, you may be highly contagious and you might feel great. That's just mm-hmm. the way it works for some people. So at some point it's also about, you know, how do I become a great teammate and do the best that I can with what I have and not be a detriment to other people. But the biggest detriment to other people is probably not you having coronavirus. It's probably you having a negative attitude. And one of the biggest diseases that's killing everyone in the world without even knowing about it hasn't even come out like coronavirus is called Moomba disease. M-O-O-M-B-A. My only obstacle may be attitude. And that Moomba disease of a negative attitude and an energy sucker and a woe is me, feel sorry for myself, pity party is going to do more damage to you than probably any virus in your life. So, you know, I think your attitude is a decision and the energy that you take on a daily basis is one of the only things that you can control. You can control your attitude, you control your energy, you can control your effort. And in a time where we don't have a lot of control, Craig, you know, this is a very important time for us to go all in on the things that you can control, attitude, effort, and energy, because ultimately those are the three things that are going to help you get to where you want to go anyway, whether you're in a time of extreme joy and extreme pleasure or you're in a time what we're dealing with right now where it's it's the other end of the spectrum but ultimately where you are is a decision that you make and you're either saying that coronavirus is happening for me or it's happening to me and you know people might think of this and go this guy must be sick and twisted it's happening for you look it's creating opportunities man in five years from now someone is going to say if it wasn't for coronavirus i would have never had this life that I have now. Mm. I would have never had the perspective change. I would have never had the fitness level because I had time to exercise. I would have never had the depth of relationship with my family or my friends or written this book. So that's going to happen in five years. What are you, where are you, what are you going to say in five years from now with your, your coronavirus story, right? What are mm. you going to say has happened for you? So do you want to talk about the opportunities that this situation can present for people as far as like I, I, I'm about passion, so I see opportunity in this. I'm doing podcasting, so all I see now is I work in a sporting environment too. Not sure if you saw that, but I run a basketball academy myself, and that's come to a standstill with uh, the schools that I'm in and things like that. So for me, I'm looking at this passion that I'm doing and saying, well, I'm just going to be doing more of this now. So what other opportunities should people be recognizing in this situation? Well, I think one of them is, is the ability to work from home. And, you know, some people like going to the office and they like that environment and the separation of home and work. And some people who are in that routine of going to the office, going to the office, well, now they're working from home. And, you know, if you have the ability to work from home, this is the, the coronavirus may change the way that the world operates, right? And it may change the way that we do teaching and the way I deliver seminars. I mean, I've done is I've done more online seminars in the last 10 days with college athletic teams that I used to go do in person. But if I can continue down that path, personally speaking, that will cut my travel dime down. That'll increase my ability to be a better husband and a better father because I'll be around more and I'll be able to touch more lives, which is the biggest motivator probably for the whole thing is I'll be able to touch more lives because of using technology. So that creates an opportunity. There's opportunities that come when you aren't going 100 miles an hour because of the way that most of us live our daily routine 
And if you think about all the time that people invest into watching sports, that's now been cut out because all the sports are done. Where is that time going? Can that time go into something creative? Most importantly, can that time go into you? And can you find a passion about yourself so that when professional sports come back on TV, and I work in sport for a living, right? And, and you couldn't pay me enough to watch sport on TV unless one of my teams or clients were, at, were in the game and I was trying to watch so I could give them feedback because, Craig, I don't want to watch other people live their life. I want to live my life. Man, I don't want to be on the sideline watching the game. I want to get in the game. And if you're going to get in the game, there's plenty of games around for you. What is the game for you? What is the new skill you're trying to develop? What is the thing you're trying to do to empower and impact other people? There are opportunities around you everywhere. But if you wrote this word down, oof, if I could write this, if I could write this down, I would do it. It would be opportunity is now here. And I'd put all those words together, all those letters together. And when you see it, the original response, the, the organic response from people is they say, opportunity is nowhere. Because it's spelt the same way. When it's put together, it says opportunity is nowhere instead of opportunity is now here. It's a matter of perspective. Mm, absolutely. And uh, I know from what I've seen, there's a number of people who take the opportunity to write second books or third books and things like that. You're an author and you've yeah. written multiple books. You've got more time on your hands now. I'm not just an author, a best-selling author with um, one of the leading mindset and mental performance coaches in the US working with a number of colleges, as I said earlier, and, and athletes across all levels and champions in the UFC and things of that nature. I will um, put links to your program and everything that you've established because this is an opportunity for people to learn and you do have online courses. Um, and there's a lot of sporting teams and sporting individuals um, and coaches and things who this could be an opportunity for them to further develop their program and their athletes around the mental mindset and sports psychology. So what do you say to athletes who are finding themselves in a situation where they've been heavily invested in sport and all the sports have been um, stopped and, and more or less they're not competing and they're unable to compete because that can play a huge mental toll on athletes who see sport as a big part of their mental health. Yeah, I'd say two things. One is you're still competing. It just it maybe isn't between the lines, but you're always competing with yourself to become the best version of yourself. So that doesn't stop now, and that doesn't stop when you hang up your spikes. It just changes. So for the athlete listening to this who's had their season taken away from them, what are you going to do? What is your next best move? How are you going to take the attitude, energy, and focus that you had for your sport and channel it into yourself to get to another level of fitness, to get to another level of self-understanding and education that you maybe would have never gotten to because you didn't have the time? And that, you know, Craig, leads me to a program that I'm coming out with on April 7th. I actually scheduled it back in December to come out on April 7th, and it happens to be great timing. It's called the 30 Days to mental performance mastery for athletes course. And if the listeners go to briancane.com, you can sign up for the insiders list for my athletes course to get all the information. You can also sign up for my coaches certification course. And if you're a coach or a personal trainer, going through the certification course now is going to give you the 10 pillars of mental performance mastery skill set that you can use, which is the missing link in coaching. So whether you're coaching basketball or you're doing personal training or you're an athletic trainer or you're a rugby coach or cricket or whatever, going through this is going to help you better help your athletes. And for the athletes going through the athletes course, if they don't have a coach who's coaching them in mental performance, 
if they're not working with someone like you who's coaching mental performance, if they're on their own, going through this course is going to give you a skill set of mental toughness that you would have never gotten. So you might look at this six, eight, ten months from now, having gone through these courses and said, coronavirus was the best thing that could have happened to me because it made me press pause, it made me focus on a new aspect of coaching or athletic performance and mental performance mastery, and I'm now using that to get better results than I ever had. And if you look behind me, you know, I've got uh, a UFC championship belt up there and uh, hand wraps and a book from George St. Pierre, one of, one of my you know, first UFC fighter clients I started working with after he lost to Matt Sarah in 2007. And, you know, George would say that losing to Matt Sarah was the best thing that ever happened to him because he learned how to train his mindset, which became his strongest skill set in the UFC. So it's an opportunity. Opportunity is now here or opportunity is nowhere. It's a choice you have to make. Your attitude is a decision. With the mental toughness and mental resilience that you see with the athletes you work with, what do you see as the limiting factors that many of them have to overcome to create this mindset that is a level above the average? Yeah, the 100% very clear answer on this one for sure is the biggest obstacle for them to overcome is the is difference between a fixed and a growth mindset. Fixed mindset is I am the way I am. It is the way it is. I can't grow mentally. Growth mindset is I can be, have, do anything I want with enough time and enough training. And just as though there's a lot of athletes that are stuck in a fixed mindset, there's a lot of coaches that are stuck in a fixed mindset and they look at an athlete. And if you say that kid's mentally weak, that's a, she's a mental midget. They don't have the mental toughness. That's on you as the coach. If you haven't coached them in mental toughness, if you haven't coached them in mindset, if you haven't coached them in leadership, that is on you. Quit making excuses and pinning it on the athlete because you don't have the skill set to train them to get to where they want to be. And training the mental performance skill set, Craig, is no different than how you train someone to cross over dribble, how you train someone to shoot a free throw. It's a trainable skill. That's mm-hmm. the biggest obstacle that people have is they don't think it's a trainable skill. They think it's something that they were born with or they weren't. I've seen that with athletes where I've got a couple of athletes that are around six foot 10 and they were guards coming through at 16 and they've got the skills of guards and they don't post up and they want to play on the perimeter. And the problem that I have with that is I look at it and for a while they are saying, you guys don't post, you don't learn to post. But then I realized that all their coaches that preceded them didn't teach them how to post. So that's mm-hmm. on me now. So I yeah. got came to the realization if I want these guys to post up, the reason they're not posting is because they've never been taught. So, yeah. you know, and so, so that whole attitude of a coach and again, recognizing that scenario is the same with the mental side of the game is that, yeah, if you don't have mentally resilient coaches, uh, sorry, athletes, if you don't have mentally resilient athletes, that is on us as, as coaches in our sport to give those athletes the tools and the understanding um, and understanding the difference between a growth and a fixed mindset and, you know, imperative that the constant learning is actually uh, always there. Now, you've got a number of pillars that you teach and some of those uh we, I touched on earlier about positive attitudes uh, being contagious. What are some of the pillars that you think are relevant to not just sporting people? In fact, when I look at most of your pillars, they're relevant to everyday life. They're sure. translatable. So what are some of the key ones of those pillars that you feel will help people you know, deal with this crisis that we're going through as individuals? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the reason why the 10 pillars has, is, is 10 is that I think they're all relevant. And I think they're all relevant. You know, I teach them largely in an athletic context, but when I go in to work with churches, schools, law enforcement, 
corporations, we cover the same 10 pillars. It's just the examples are different. The application becomes different, but there are 10 skills. The 10 pillars are 10 mental performance skills that if you want to close the gap from where you are to where you want to be, these are the 10 skills that are going to help you to do that from a mental performance standpoint. So the analogy I like to use is let's take basketball, for example. Okay. If I'm that, if I'm that post player, the skills that I have to be, have to be a good post player, I got to be able to work with my back to the basket. I got to be able to rebound. I got to be able to be strong with the ball. I got to have some basic ball handling. Okay. Well, if I want to develop any of those skills, I have to do drills. So if I want to have, do, if I want to be a better rebounder, I do drills to develop the skill of rebounding, which is part of the skill set of being a, being a post player or a big man. Well, in life, the skill set is mental toughness. The 10 skills that make the skill set are the 10 pillars I'm going to give you. And in the certification program and the athletes program are the, I give you all the drills that you can do to develop these skills that make the skill set of mental toughness. So the 10 pillars of mental performance mastery. Pillar one is an elite mindset. It's the difference between fixed and growth that we talked about earlier. Pillar two is your motivation and commitment. And your motivation is what gets you going and the commitment is what keeps you going, right? What's If you're having a hard time getting out of bed in the morning, tap into why you're doing what you're doing and what you want and how you can best impact other people through what you do. That's going to lead you down the path of motivation. Pillar three is focus and awareness. Your focus determines your future. Your awareness may save your life right now of are you going into places without gloves, without a mask, staying within six people, six feet of people, or are you subjecting yourself to this virus because you don't have the awareness to know where you should be, where you shouldn't be, or what's going on around you, right? Pillar four is going to be the self-control and discipline. Do you have the self-control and the discipline to do what you need to do now that you're working from home instead of being in the office, or are you getting distracted by everything that's around you when you're home? Pillar five is keeping the process over the outcome. Look, the outcome of coronavirus is it's going to go away. We're going to get through this. The process is it's going to take a heck of a long time and it's going to be really uncomfortable and it's going to rock all of our lifestyles, but we're going to come out of this on the other side. So if you can stay locked in on the process of day to day and step by step and understand the inch by inch, it's a cinch yard by yard. It's hard. If I look at the outcome, I can suffocate or I can look at the top of Mount Everest or I can just take the next step. That's the process over the outcome. Pillar six is meditation and mental imagery and meditation being one of the number one skills that you can use to just breathe and decrease your levels of stress. And as you decrease your levels of stress, you also increase your chances of not catching a virus. If you decrease your levels of stress, you awaken and increase your immune system, right? There's a, a book called The Anatomy of an Illness that goes in to talk about how much stress plays into us catching virus and wearing down the immune system. It's a great read for people that are into that. But that's meditation and mental imagery is let me let me focus on that vision of what my future looks like and what I should be doing tomorrow, not what am I going to do when coronavirus leaves? What are you doing tomorrow? One of my NHL clients I talked to today, a hockey player, he was so brilliant. He's like, man, all I'm focused is on is what am I doing in the next 24 hours? He's like, I used to visualize us winning a Stanley Cup and me hosting it up, and now I'm visualizing tomorrow how am I going to get the best workout I can in the garage at my house because we're on lockdown. So he's changed the way he uses visualization to focus on the process, not the outcome. Pillar seven is time man is, is routines and habits of excellence. And the routines that you have and the habits that you have are ultimately going to dictate what you're able to do and not do. Pillar eight is time management and organization. How well do you maximize your time and how organized are you 
to get as much done in a day as you can and to make sure that your time is going into what it should be going into, not going into low priority tasks that aren't helping you to accomplish what your goals are. But if you go back to that motivation and commitment pillar two, you got to know what your goals are, right? In order for you to make progress towards them. Pillar nine is leadership and how you serve others. And pillar 10 is the right culture, understanding the mission, vision, and core principles that drive your behavior individually and organizationally. So, you know, the 10 pillars, of mental performance mastery, although Craig, I do most of my work in the athletic and coaching arena. I look at coaching as teaching and I go into teaching at churches and school systems and corporations all over the world. And it's the same principles that allow them to then close the gap from where they are to where they want to be. Because I think mental performance is the missing link in human performance. I mean, just think about when you were in school, you had classes in math, classes in how to speak Spanish, classes in history, Spanish, classes in, you know, English, classes in science. Did anyone ever give you a class in mindfulness or mental performance? No, you had a class in psychology where you probably learned about Pavlov's dog and ringing a bell, but no one taught you how to ring your own bell and how to go out there and fight to get what you want with an elite mindset. I think all those things should be taught in schools. And I have seen here in Australia, I don't know about the US, but mindfulness has become a thing in our schools. There are programs, they're not subjects, but they do have kids practicing mindfulness. So what would you be saying right now if you could speak to an individual who's not in the sporting environment, but they're saying, I'm really stressed right now? Sure. I'd say there's the mindset and then there's the skill set. And you got to blend those two things together. And the mindset is this too shall pass. The mindset is this is an opportunity that is now here instead of opportunity is nowhere. The mindset is control what you can control. The skill set is exercise and moving your body. And everyone has the time now since they're home to move their body. You don't have to leave your house. You can get on the floor. You can walk around your house. But move your body because motion is lotion. Movement changes moods. Action changes attitudes. So you want to move yourself around, right? And then the second piece is the breath. And if, if for, for, you know, right now, probably two of the best apps that I would recommend would be the Calm, C-A-L-M meditation app or Headspace. And they talk you through like a 10-minute meditation every day. And I used to think meditation, you know, I had to shave my head and put on an orange robe and sit here and go, oh, but that's not what meditation is. All meditation is, is you learning to control the monkey mind that we have. So I can walk you through a very simple meditation right now. As a listener, don't do this if you're driving, but if you're pulled over or sitting down, you can. And I want you just to imagine a triangle between the nose and the corners of your mouth. Okay. And we're going to call that your triangle of awareness. That's where your breath is going to happen. As you inhale, breathing nice and deep through your nose for a count of six. Hold for two and then exhale for eight. And if you keep your awareness on that triangle between your nose and your mouth, and you continue to follow that six to eight breathing pattern of six on the inhale, counting to six with all your awareness and attention on that triangle, hold for two, and then exhale for eight. And once you finish that last breath, go ahead and open up your eyes. But if you can challenge yourself, to decrease your stress by doing two six to eight breaths. And then the next time, maybe the next day you do three, the next day you do four, the next day you do five. But think about like setting an alarm where every odd hour, okay? So per, one of the things I'm doing right now is I'm, I'm looking at this time of 
I want to get physically, I haven't been 180 pounds since I was 18 years old, right? I've been what, 20, I don't know, I'm 41 now. So do the math, but I haven't been 180 pounds since I was 18. I'm 190 now. At one point I got up to 240, not good weight. And I feel like I'm in a good spot now at 190, but I want the challenge of, can I have the self-control and discipline around what I eat, what I drink, what I do on a daily basis to try to get me down to that 180? I may never get there and I may not want to get there. I've gotten to 185 and it's been very difficult. Good. I want the challenge to try to get to 180. But in order to do that, you know, I've got to do what I call eating on the odds. So I eat at seven, nine, 11, one, three, five, seven. I'm very structured with how I do that. So I don't have to make any real decisions. I just know, Hey, it's five, it's seven o'clock. I'm going to have this. It's two o'clock, three o'clock. I'm going to eat this. And I think I, you know, I'm going to start actually, as we're having this conversation, this is really good. So thank you. I'm going to start doing my six to eight breaths at the same time. So, you know, at the, at 7 AM, I'm going to do two at 9 AM. I'm going to do probably three at 11 AM. I'll do four. At one, I'll do five. At three, I'll do six. At five, I'll do seven. And at 7 p.m., I'll do eight. And before I go to bed, I'll try to do 10. And if you lay down and you can do 10, six, two, eight breaths, your stress is going to melt away and you're probably going to fall asleep before you get to 10. Mm. And uh, just from experience, I've, I use the breathing to get to sleep when I'm struggling to get to sleep. And, and often you only get two or three breaths and you're asleep and, and you just wake up the next morning and go, gee, that really works. So people have never tried the, the counting up and down in their breathing. Um, it, it is it is something that can help you get to sleep if you're well practiced. And, and, it, and it's quite intriguing when you actually do it, that it actually does work and helps clear your mind if you've got a million thoughts running through your mind, which is the concept of mindfulness too, is being in the moment and, and just focusing on yourself and trying to block out everything else. But uh, look, we're coming up to the end of our uh, time together, but I really do appreciate you giving your time to people with a passion and sharing um, at this serious time in the planet's history, you know, with coronavirus. And you said earlier uh, about people going to look back potentially five years from now and they're going to say, if it wasn't for coronavirus, I wouldn't have actually done this or be this because mm -hmm. the world right now is reinventing itself. And there are opportunities if people are just prepared to take a step back and reassess their lives and look at what potential there actually may be. But I'll leave you with the last word. And I really do appreciate you being here today. And if you've got anything you want to say to the audience, then now's the time and opportunity to share. Yeah. Uh, thank, well, first of all, Craig, thanks for having me. And I think if there's a title of this podcast, it might be Opportunity is Nowhere. And then we can go into Opportunity is Now Here. It's a matter of perspective. But I think for the listeners, I would, you know, I would love to stay engaged. I'd love to continue the conversation. You know, BrianCain.com, B-R-I-A-N-C-A-I-N.com. I've got two free courses, one for coaches and athletes. I've got the certification course for coaches, the 30-day program for athletes, but I'm also on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at BrianCainPeak, B-R-I-A-N-C-A-I-N-P-E-A-K. I would love to stay uh, in touch and continue the conversation after the podcast. I don't want this to be the end of our relationship. I want this to be the kickstart of our relationship. And Craig, I really enjoyed uh, being on people with a passion in, in the podcast. And I'd love to be a, a guest in the future. If your audience would be into it, I'd be into it for sure. I think uh, there's definitely a lot more that we could be uh, adding. So definitely look forward to speaking to you again down the track sometime and reassessing where life's at maybe in six months to a year. And uh, we will stay connected and I will make sure I put all those social links in uh, the description of the video. Thanks for your time, Brian. Take care and stay healthy, mate. Thank you, Craig. Wash your hands and don't count the days. Make the days count, my friend.
I hope you liked this episode. If you did, please give it a thumbs up and feel free to comment. If you haven't yet subscribed, hit the subscribe button and the notification bell to be advised of new interviews when they're uploaded. I hope you join us again sometime. Catch you later.